G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down some fixture analysis and talking a little about trading. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy, and I'm here with uh, Luke. How are you, man? I'm going good, mate. Recording two podcasts in one night here. I don't yeah, think I've yeah, yeah. ever the, worked the this astute, hard in my life. The astute uh, <laughs> YouTube audience will notice we are wearing the same clothes <laughs> as the last podcast. I thought about just getting the kit off for it, <laughs> yeah. just, just to make sure it's mate, different. No, no one wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's no, keep that I, away. Yeah, like I said, I... Never worked this hard. This is unbelievable Mate, stuff. we're putting the hard yards for the audience right now. Oh, trying to, to <laughs> bang out a lot of content pre-season. You're going away on camp. That's the Actually, reason we're doing yeah, this. So yeah, true. I'm you do off. have another job. I do. You? I do. I'm heading off. I mean, some might not call it a job. Like, if I, I get to go on Year 7 camp for the next four where days. Where are you going, so actually? It's over on the north side. It's like a YMCA, like, outdoor adventure camp. So oh, sounds I'm, like a great time. I'm going to be up on the high roads. Oh. I'm going to be canoeing. So I, you, can't really, good life. you can't really call it work, can you? Oh, okay, but, well. It means we're recording twice tonight. Yes, so today we're going to be going through a bit of a fixture analysis. Now, I've dug through a few things um, that I pay attention to when it comes to fixture analysis. Now, I, I will say off the top here, I know a lot of people can go really hard in terms of um, draws and things like that. Who's got an easy draw? Who's got a hard draw to start the season? In my opinion, it's it's one of the very last things that I'll look at. For, You're not knocking the scale of hardness. Well, I don't know the the, the scale of hardness. <laughs> oh my look, goodness! Look, it's a, it's a, and they they do say this every podcast. It's a tool. It's it's it's, it's something yeah. to use. Um, but in my opinion, when it comes to like a general uh, draw fixture in terms of uh, hardness and things like that. I don't put a lot of stock into that when p- picking my premiums, my mid-prices, my rookies, anything like that. But there are a few things that I do look at when it comes to maybe splitting hairs. Um, and, you might and maybe, pay more attention mid-season. Yeah, I think that's probably yes. more the case yeah. if I'm trying to jump on an upgrade target yeah, and they've got, a, they've got a good matchup coming up. I might launch into that because of the uh, instant reward kind of, kind of thing there. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you've, you're picking, especially premiums, and a lot of the times the mid-prices that you are expecting to take that step to premium status, you're picking them for the whole season. So it's all going to come out in the wash anyway. Yep. Um, you know, we're not... It, it is nice to get off to the season to a flyer, but in saying that, a lot of these guys you hope they're going to be there for the entire season, yeah. so it doesn't doesn't really matter. So Maybe if we didn't have other jobs, we could deep dive. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, so the, the, the two main things that I want to have a look at, the first thing I want to have a look at for the start of the season are taggers. Mm. Taggers are, especially for our midfielders, and, and now a bit more with our, our halfbacks as well, they're often things that can, de- well, not derail your season, but... If you have a premium that comes up to a tagger in the early parts of the rounds and they, they get clamped, yep. the, the Matty DeBoer was the guy for several years. Yep. What happens is then their score is impacted a lot. They score a dud score. Their price comes crashing down. And then by the time upgrade season comes along, everybody's jumping on at a cheaper price than what you paid for. So 
when we can avoid it, I am trying to avoid tags early in the season. Yep. These guys are probably going to be coming up against them at some point, but we want to avoid them early in the season. So I'm going to highlight a few teams and their taggers and who their matchups are for the first six rounds. I've, I've selected six rounds because that's usually by round six we're doing upgrades. Um, so that's when people are starting to jump on. So uh, if we can avoid that for those first six rounds, that's that's looking pretty good. So... The first guy that I think um, I want to talk about in terms of known taggers. Now, sometimes these taggers come out of the woodworks from nowhere. So um, we're going to start with the guys that I think we can expect tags to come from um, pretty likely. The first one is in Essendon. Jai Caldwell apparently has been training in the preseason as a tagger. Training as a tagger. Uh, Imagine that. Yeah. Sorry, mate. You're a pretty good footballer, but you're actually going to train as a tagger. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, look... It's and, and he did a few jobs last season yep. as well. So um, his first six rounds, I'll just rattle them off and then I'll get your thoughts on um, this kind of a thing. But round one, Hawthorne. Yep. Round two, Gold Coast. Round three, St Kilda. Round four, the Giants. Round five, Melbourne. And round six, Collingwood. So we've got a few obvious targets in this um, these teams and yep. a few not-so-obvious targets. I guess... Starting at round one, there's not really anyone we have to consider in that game. Yeah, I don't know whether they're going to be tagging. I mean, you've noted here Newcomb, but like you said, I don't think there's really any need for them to be tagging uh, yeah. against Hawthorne, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, the, the next one here, I think, is a, a pretty much a certainty in my eyes, but Took yeah. Miller will be tagged in round two. You wouldn't tag... Um, Noah Anderson? Anderson? No, I don't think so. I think Took is still the guy. Took's I think he, he's... That elite rig. Yeah, he's, he's the, the All-Australian. He, he you know, he's, he's a decent user. I think that he is a very obvious tag target yep. for me. So, um, again, he's not playing this practice match, I think, as well. I think they're saying he will be ready for the start of the season. Um, and he was popular prior to that injury. But I think just based on that alone when you're sort of deciding about him and another player, yeah. I think that's, like I said, splitting hairs, a reason for me to go. Yeah, that's it. Just keep direction. in mind who these guys are playing early in the season in case it does influence a, a premium that you're picking. And yeah. uh, then they go to the Saints. So potentially Steele, I would kind of say most likely Sinclair, depending on what role he's playing. If yeah. He's, if he's waxing across halfback looking to set them up, then I'd probably go to Sinclair. Because I, I just feel like some of the things that Jack Steele does is not really, it's not taggable. It is um, also going to be dictated by the midfield Makeup of the bombers as well, like yep. so. If you yeah, know, if Caldwell is in the midfield, like, or is he going to be playing a bit more of that forward role? He, he definitely has done in the past, yep. so he could also forward clamp. Yeah, do it, do a, a forward clamp on a Sinclair. I agree with you, and I think he'll go more that way because then you can still get players like uh, Parish, a Merritt. Um, who was the other guy that's come from Carton as well? I'm blanking on the name. Setterfield. Setterfield, yeah, yeah, rolling through there. You've got another few guys that can sort of pop in. So I think there is room for him to move out of that midfield and put someone else in there that you like as yep. well. So yep. uh, I agree that Sinclair is the guy there. And maybe it's a bit of wishful thinking because I've got Steele in my team <laughs> right now. But th- there is maybe a slight flag that Steele will get tagged, but it's not as obvious to me as like a... A Tuke Miller. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So That's fair enough. I want to get your take on here. They've got the Giants in round four. Who are you tagging if you're the opposing coach for the Giants? It's all it's all role dependent um, if you're playing the Giants. And it probably by round four, it, they'll have some indication of who's playing well in what role. So for me, there's, there's a... Look, there's three guys you could tag. Um, and there's one that sort of, in my mind, might surprise you there. So Cogs, you could tag in the midfield... Uh, 
for me personally, I wouldn't. Yep. If Kelly was playing in the midfield, he'd be my main one that I'd look to tag. Yep. But the other guy that I'd actually look to tag off half-back is actually Lockie Whitfield. I was thinking so that one as well when we were talking about Sinclair. Yeah. yeah, and you've got Green down here, and obviously Green's a gun midfielder. But what Green does, in my eyes, doesn't really warrant a tag. He's a little bit like... Teams have sometimes done that before with like tabbing, like taking like a Libba um, in the past, yeah, like stopping it at the like source Cl- kind of thing. Oliver. I, I yeah. guess so. It just... What they do is so so hard to tag because often what they do is they're actually doing their best work with a bloke hanging off them yeah, anyway. Yeah, do you, so do it's you know like how effective like, is your tag actually? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You could be like, uh, you could be in his back pocket, but the work that that Oliver Green Libba. Um, the work they do is always with someone mm. in the back pocket. So that's just my take on that one. But yeah, Kelly, for me, if he's playing in that midfield. Look, at, look if it, look, the, the Whitfield thing would be very interesting. Like if, if Whitfield is tagged in round four, he's playing off halfback, come round six, gets DPP. That means he's going to have a poor score in there. His price is going to come down. He's going to be defensive eligible. Yeah. That could be a pretty juicy upgrade come oh, round six or seven. Isn't he always? He, uh, finds, um, he finds a way to be juicy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he will. It, but I'm sure we'll be thinking about him at some point this season. Me me bringing him up is more predicated on if he gets off to a flyer in yeah. the first three rounds and Essendon come up and go, geez, Lockie Whitfield's setting him up off, yeah. off halfback. Okay, cool. Well, go do the job. Cogs um, is the other one that I put in there, but I agree with you. It's probably less likely than likely. Um, I think... Doesn't absolutely kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like he's kind of just he kind of just does okay, but not yeah. Like you said, not someone that's going to kill you. But yeah. Kelly, if he's in there and, and getting a lot of the ball, you could do you. You could even tag him in a wing. I think you know it's it's an option. So for me, I yeah. think probably Kelly or uh, Whitfield are probably yeah. uh, a good shout there. So start the season. Um, interesting one there, Melbourne. Again, yeah. you've got two guys there: Petrarca, Oliver. Sometimes it's it's just like what do you do? You just, um, I still think that Petrarch is probably the guy that you're probably going to be more effective at tagging. Yeah. So I think if it was me, yeah, if it was me, I'd be going there. But what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm the same. But then I see Petrarch in a little. In a way, I see Petrarca as untaggable because if I'm Christian Petrarca and I got a bloke following me, like okay, come to the forward line, yeah, like, put it on my head, see boys. Can, see if you can hang with me see, up there. Yeah, put it on my head. He's just going to hold the hand out. Cool. Yeah. Well, you're over there. <laughs> Bang. Mark. Goal. Like yeah. He. Yeah. I don't know. You. What do you do when you've got guns of that calibre? But I think if Caldwell is going to go to anyone, it could be either of those two. Um, Probably not Brayshaw off if he's uh, off half back. Yeah, I, don't think. I thought of Brayshaw too, yeah, but I think probably not. The fact that you've got Oliver and Pachaka in there, if you're going to yeah. tag, I yeah. still think you you still try and go to those guys yeah. um, ahead of a Brayshaw there, in, I, in my opinion. I actually think this next fixture is a really interesting one. Collingwood. So, Cal- so Caldwell plays Collingwood in round six, and of all the guys that I'm tagging at Collingwood, it's Dacos. It's as Dacos, well, isn't which, it? I mean, it flies in the face of everything I'm saying about get Dacos, get Dacos. Yeah. Um, but he gets Clant in round six. I see him. I see him potentially going to Dacos, and I see a lot of Tigers doing it as well. But the thing that gives me some hope that he might be able to cope with the tag is that I just don't see Fly McRae or his teammates letting him just get shut out of a game. Yeah, I don't see them just sitting by and going, "Oh, well, we'll just let him get shut out of the game, and we'll just keep going about our business." Yeah, you know what I mean? Like with a guy of that. But caliber. does that? But is that even still like you know? We're playing. We're paying for eighty-seven for a player like that. Um, you want him to get to ninety-five. Yeah, can he do that with a bloke hanging? Like, even if he is being moved around, and they're trying to get a tag off him. Like, it's still gonna, you know, take a 
a haircut off his scoreless. Yeah. Um, he, he could be the guy for you that you is like you're the most kind I, of fifty fifty. Yeah, I, guess, I, yeah. I really am struggling with it. And if I if I bring it on to the next guy that we're going to talk about, the St Kilda tag, Marcus Windhager, again new coach who has a tagging history. Yeah. Um, Windhager did some tagging jobs in the. He's the, got a proper tagging history. He does. Like, yeah, he was tagging like, last year. So and they've got another guy. I, I think, reckon he was um, finding ways to tag blokes when he wasn't coaching. He's yeah, that, he loves a tag. They that sometimes much. St Kilda <laughs> actually sometimes ran two taggers. Um, um, last year, I think uh, was yeah. it Burns or someone uh, Someone else was also running the tag. But I think Winkhanger is probably the guy that will get that on a weekly uh, role. Again, I'll go through their first six rounds. Frio, I think Brayshaw is the yep. obvious tag target there. Bulldogs, Bont is probably the obvious tag target there. Yep. Again, you could argue maybe the forward thing. Um, Essendon, week three. So they're probably tagging each other. <laughs> um, so uh, I think Merritt for me is probably more likely yep. the guy there. Um, Gold Coast. Took Miller again. So there's two tags in the first four weeks. Yep, and then in round five again, you've got Collingwood. So Collingwood go up against Essendon. So, uh, sorry, St. Kilda round five, uh, Essendon round six. You've potentially got back-to-back tag games in round five and round six yep. there. For a player like Dacos, who you're expecting to be a premium defender, you can see where I'm heading with this. I know, I know. Um, I think from memory, he's also got Geelong. We're not going to be able to field a back line. Yeah, he's got Geelong in round one, Brisbane round two. They're also tough teams. So this is where I, again, I split hairs and the Dacos thing. It, it, I think he's going to be a good pick and he'll average well across the season. But when you're picking a player to try and break out and be a premium in his line when he hasn't done that before, round, uh, so second year player, potentially two tags in the first six, six rounds. It's a it's a little little concern for me. Um, yeah, it's what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's it's definitely something worthwhile noting. Is just have a bit of a look through the this this sort of first round, six round fixture of, of all the premiums that you've got in your team, and just do a little bit of you know do some calculations and just sort of see what are some tough fixtures and what yeah. are the targets there. Because I mean, it can make all the difference. It's you know all the points all the points you're making are so valid, but I'm just trying to give it the la 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 la. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to hear it almost. But I and mean, that's the thing though, because he's so popular, there is that kind of like group think. Oh, he's a gun. He's going to be naturally better in his second yeah. year. Just put him in there. We have we're struggling with defenders, but um, and and contrast with the fact that I don't think he's got the ceiling or consistent ceiling yet to burn yeah. you if you don't go with him. Like I don't think he's going to be putting one twenties on your head those first four weeks before this. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I mean, like, I, if uh, I take, if, off I'm going to lose sleep over this yeah, decision. If um, I take off my Dacos coloured glasses, there's definitely a situation where I can see you sitting here giving it the "I told you so." Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I could be eating my words too because 50 percent of the comps going to have them and I don't. But um, look, he's still in consideration yeah. for my team. Uh, and just to finish off with Marcus Winhager, round six, they've got Carlton. I'm sure he's going to try and tag Patrick Cripps. Patrick Cripps probably won't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 Mosquito, just, like, <laughs> he'll just do uh, his get thing. Off. Uh, but yeah, he'll. he'll likely go there as well. So uh, the next um, one here, I've listed Hawthorne for Connor Nash. Now, I don't think this is going to be one of those things that is a tag in week in, week out. They have used him as a tagger before, but new coach in Clarko. And I think Hawthorne strikes me as the kind of team that will, at least in the start of the season, try to match up a little bit with teams and give it a go and then bring in the tag if they need to maybe halfway through the game or on yeah. a particular matchup if there's an obvious tag target but to me this is not as obvious as those first two guys uh, but what are you, what are your thoughts like do you see 
I mean, I don't know. Do you know, do you know any history of um, Clarko and his uses of oh, taggers in the past? Not that I would speak about really, really confidently. But there, there's an interesting um, thing that could be at play here with Hawthorne as well. Sometimes um, what young, uh, like what clubs with really young players will do is they'll say, hey, um, Josh Ward, I want you to go and it's not maybe a hard tag, but mm. I want you to go and run with, you know, uh, Jack Steele, yeah. and just kind of learn your craft by yeah, sitting in his I have back seen pocket a little bit. Before, so yeah. it might not be a hard tag, but I mean, there's a scenario where Alistair Clarkson might say week to week, "Hey, young fellow, I want you to go and sit in in um, Christian Petrarca's back pocket, and you know, mm-hmm. just run around with him, you know, try and stop him getting the ball, and I want you to learn a bit about footy as well." So that's um, you know, not a hard tag by any means, but that's you know, certainly something yep. that, that could happen. Okay, we'll, we'll see. So, so their draw is. Um, uh, Essendon round one, um, so probably Merritt is the guy there we talked about before. Yep. Sydney round two is an interesting one. I've got Chad Warner written here as well. Um, I'd he... be going straight to Errol. Oh. <laughs> he is Lock the man down. Lock the man down. No, not if he's in my fantasy team. But um, yeah, look, that's, that one I'm a bit iffy on. Maybe it's a Callum Mills, but again, probably more, more Warner. Yep. Um, North Melbourne is the next team that they, they no, verse. No so... Uh, you go LDU, Simkin are potentially the ones there, but again, could be a, a nobody. Yeah. Uh, Geelong, Patrick Dangerfield is probably still the guy, would you say? Or Guthrie? Um, or who is it? It's probably still Dangerfield, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, Dangerfield, no Dangerfield showed in the finals last year that he... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You can still easily take a game away from you and just absolutely destroy you. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a real obvious one there. Probably Dangerfield, maybe a bit of Guthrie. I mean, maybe Tom Stewart. But it's, is yeah, it, is maybe. It, yeah, is it a tag? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like again, yeah. it's 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 one of those ones that this is again based on the team, but also the matchups. I I can see them maybe not tagging too much early parts of the season and yeah. doing a bit more later. Yeah. Uh, GWS we talked about before, so maybe the Kelly Whitfield uh, kind of types, um, and then in Adelaide. I've got Jordan Dawson here as well as a Rory Laird. Um, I'd go to Dawson before I went to Laird. I probably would too. I think Dawson's obviously more damaging. Laird is, yeah. you know, an accumulator, but very handball happy. You yeah. know, doesn't doesn't penetrate with his kick as much as like a Dawson would. But yeah. again, it's a forward tag versus a mid tag. So that one with Hawthorne and Connor Nash is just a, it's like a miniature flag. Yeah, it's guess, a it's it? a mini it's flag. Like... Not not as strict as those first two. Yeah. So um, just wanted to to highlight it there because typically we think of Hawthorne as an easy beat for like lots of fantasy points. Yes. Um, but they do have sometimes they and they have shown that in the past the. That they will use a Connor Nash as a tag there. Yep. The last one here is another one that, um, again, based on last season, I do think is likely, but it's been the forward tag, the Ryan Clark mm. tag. And this has been a devastating one for a few different teams in the past. He's done a real good job. So um, Ryan Clark goes up again, or Sydney go up against Gold Coast in round one, Hawthorne round two, Melbourne round three, Port Adelaide round four, Richmond round five, and Geelong round six. So... Um, the main ones I want to have a look at here are in round two, Hawthorne, yep. Sicily, I yep. think is the guy he, he would go to. Sicily's an interesting one to uh, to tag it. What I would probably do if I was um, 
uh, Sicily and a tag came to me is I'd just go and play on a tall. Yeah. So I'd, I'd basically take my man over and I'd say, okay, well, I mean, I'm that's gonna... bad regardless for his score. It is bad regardless, but it, if it then frees up the tag and like they, they drop it and, and they then, drop it and yeah. then he can go and do his thing again. So there's a bit of cat and mouse there when it comes to tagging, especially when yeah. it comes to tagging Backman. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of got that in his favour if he wants to play a bit bit of cat and mouse, but yeah, of, of the Hawthorne defenders, if you were going to try and clear a point, you'd probably do Sicily. Yeah, so that's that's a bit of a flag for me for a James Slum. I'm pretty down on Sicily as it is anyway, but um, yeah. again, another reason for me to sort of uh, go there. Melbourne is an interesting one. Does he go to Angus Brayshaw? And, yeah, and if Salem is back, does he go to Salem? Yeah. Well, I tend to think maybe because of the interrupted season, maybe even if he is back, you don't go to Salem um, and you go to Brayshaw, or do they not tag that game and Maybe try and do something with a with a Petrarca or a Oliver, but again, they could. I mean, they could. They don't want Clark filling up a midfield spot. I don't think. Nah, uh, Melbourne could easily counter that one too by putting Brasher into the midfield because I don't think then the tag would be as valuable if point. you were going to tag him across halfback, especially if um, Salem is back and you got another guy there to to fill in that halfback role. And yeah, I th- I th- my th- gut feel is that Sydney would just kind of go head to head with Melbourne. Um, yeah. Especially if if their notion is okay, Ryan Clark, we're looking for a forward tag. Then I'd, I'd say they're going to go to head to head. But if for some reason they think about a midfield tag, then there's a few guys in there that you might like to take for Melbourne. Oh, I also don't um, see Brayshaw as kind of that like really damaging kick either. Like he, he's nah. he's kind of like a. He, I mean, he's serviceable. He's, he's an good. Like, like yeah, he, he collects the ball, the ball but, but yeah, I don't know if he's, he's not like that. Run, run thirty, kick sixty, break yeah. the lines, just absolutely cut you up like some guys. So yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, what the about, next couple ones are yeah. a little bit irrelevant, but um, Dan Houston maybe potentially for Port Adelaide. Um, but yeah, I don't see a lot of people going there. Richmond, it's maybe a, a, a Lost Stone or a Rioli or someone yeah, like I'd, that. I'd go, I'd go to Rioli. Too, I, I would personally too if but, I was going um, to. But again, maybe it's no one. I don't know if that's a particularly yeah. Richmond, I don't think, will be too worried about that. And then round six, I think this is an obvious one. He did it last year and really clamped him down, yeah. uh, Tom Stewart. he um, I think he held him to like 20 points in the first half uh, or, or 40 points in total or something really bad so at, at one point. Could, so interesting, could Tom Stewart become a trade-in target after that fixture? Well, it could definitely. I think it's someone that, like we sort of talked about with a, a Took Miller or, or potentially someone like a, we talked about Whitfield before, you know, this is where you sort of have a bit of an idea. These guys potentially getting tagged early in the season. Price comes down. You jump on um, at, a, at a cheaper price. We know they're going to be pretty much close to being the premiums in their line. So as a non-owner, you love to see these kind of games. You go, oh, you're licking your lips and you're waiting for that price to come down. You jump on. But if you are planning on starting with these guys, you, you've got to be aware of these kind of risks that you are taking because if they do come down in price, people are going to pay cheaper than what you did and that cash starts to snowball as the season goes on. So those are all the sort of obvious tags I think we are going to go through today. Sometimes like a, play, a team like a Melbourne or a Geelong will sometimes bring in a random type of tag, those obvious guys like a Lockie Neal they've done sort of yep. in the past. Um, but again, for the most week-to-week action, they don't usually tag... Uh, those kind of guys. So just wanted to flag some of those guys here. So that's sort of the first part of the thing here. The other thing I wanted to just tag with a uh, flag with those guys is the guys that we are or have been potentially worried about getting tagged yep. um, and use that as reasons to not pick them. Players like a Connor Rosie yep. and a Sam Doherty. I think the fact they don't have, you know, uh, tag concerns in the first six weeks, I think is a bit of a, a bonus or yeah. a bit of a, a tick for them. So especially a Rosie when he comes in with a bit of a, 
a discount. So mm. you'll have time for his price to sort of get up without worrying about attention from the opposing teams. Yeah, I would agree with that. The other thing that I look for, probably more so than any other position, is the rucks when it comes to fixture analysis because it's easier to sort of have a look at their head-to-head matchup. Yeah. So for me... Looking at some of these guys, I'll highlight some of the key Ruckmen that we are maybe considering going into mm. the mm. round one. The first one being the most expensive of the popular options being Tim English. He has a tough run to start the, the year. first two games, doozies. And even the third, Actually, the the third, third game too, as well. Yeah. So round one, Melbourne coming against the, the Twin Towers. Yep. Round two, St. Kilda, Rowan Marshall. Uh, round three, Brisbane. Um, now, Big O Big is not o. the best ruckman in the world, but he is restrictive. Yeah, he is one of the hardest. In fact, yeah. uh, based on the uh, Keeper League uh, pod, uh, Brisbane was the hardest team to score against yeah. for ruckman last year. It doesn't really year, get much so. easier, too. He goes Richmond round four. I mean, you know, there or thereabouts. And then he goes Port Adelaide round five. And I know Port Adelaide just generally as a team are hard to score against. Yeah, they and were poorer last year, but that was without Scotty Lysette. Yes. So with Scott Lysette back, I think it's a harder matchup. And then he um, goes he goes Frio. Frio so against Tarsi Sean Darcy and, and Luke Jackson. Jeez, so he's going to be run off his feet by so round seven. So by round six... He might you know, not make it to Hawthorne in round seven. So And, the, and then I've also just re- highlighted round seven here. He goes up against Hawthorne. Now, Hawthorne was the easiest team mm. for players to score against. So potentially, this is where I'm thinking you might want to target a Tim English as an upgrade yeah. uh, for someone that if you do start with one of those t- cheap options like a Tristan Jerry or a Scott Lysette, by round seven, you might be looking to upgrade that yeah. and uh, jump on a Tim English to go against a soft matchup like a Hawthorne. Hopefully, after those tough matchups in the first few weeks, he is also a little bit cheaper there. So, um, puts a little bit more credence to not starting with a Tim English, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it could definitely be a play. I mean, if everything goes to plan there, you, you're, um, you know, your uh, value Ruckman is kind of maxed out in value potentially by then, and you just slide on over to, to a guy who might have dropped a little bit, and and then he has a, a nice soft matchup. Yeah, absolutely. You him for the rest of the season. Yeah. just want to quickly go through Jared Witts next. I yep. know a lot of people I've heard over the last couple of days, you know, talking about Sydney and their Ruckman issues. They're going to have a few injury uh, concerns and they're going to have potentially a really young Ruckman there. He's got him them in round one, so could definitely go big in round one. But after that, his draw is actually really tough. So Essendon was the second highest or most restrictive team in terms of Ruckman, which yep. surprised me looking into the stats because um, we know that uh, their big filler there isn't much chop at the moment yet. Um, <laughs> but Draper, got yeah, that. yeah, the, the mullet <laughs> Draper. Um, then they've got Geelong, St Kilda and Frio all in a row. And again, mm. Geelong just tough to score against in general. St Kilda, you've got Ron Marshall and then the Darcy-Jackson combo in round five. So I don't really want to base my decision on a one round one matchup for a player yep. like Wits. Um, so just sort of my two cents on that kind of narrative out there. Yeah, Witsy was, I mean, he was the most consistent Ruckman last yeah. year as well. So I think if you if you told me you were picking Witsy because you just love consistency and you're hoping him, that he just pumps out his, his 95 each week, it's definitely a play. I don't think I would be desperately trying to um, advise you against that or anything. No. But it's worth noting that after the first five rounds, he could have even dropped in value a little bit if you were yeah. looking, looking for him. Yeah, so. I just I just wanted to sort of touch on the, the narrative of he's got a soft matchup round yeah. one. You get him for that reason, but after that, it gets pretty tough to me. So Yeah, good point. You have a big round one score and then probably a few poorer scores uh, if, if you're putting stock into matchups. Darcy Cameron, I want to touch on here as well. Starts off with Geelong, Port Adelaide, Richmond, North Melbourne, St. Kilda, 
uh, in that uh, team as well. I've also highlighted the fact that he doesn't play Melbourne until round 12. So obviously we are expecting that to be probably the toughest matchup this year. So yep. he does go a big chunk of the season before he has to do that matchup. But I don't know if there's any really soft matchups in there. Um, North Melbourne, I don't know how they're going to look with, like maybe is it Tristan Sherry and a Goldstein yeah, or potentially is it just one? Soft, but like you um, said, the, the ones surrounding that, Geelong, Port, St Kilda, um, you know, Richmond usually doesn't sort of give an inch, but um, yeah. especially Big Nank. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't inspire me to, to Do, pick Darcy Cameron, doesn't pick, especially with the injury uh, stuff. Port, Port Adelaide is the easiest based on last year's stats. And again, like we said, we know that that was without Big a spotlight set. So yeah. he's actually, he doesn't verse any team not in the bottom half of the Ruckman in terms of difficulty. So Darcy Cameron does yeah, yeah. All, all the Ruckmans he comes up against in the first half of the season are in the top half in terms of difficulty. Yeah. So okay. uh, no easy matchups there in the first five rounds yeah. for Darcy Cameron. No. And uh, Scott Lysette and forget. Um, <laughs> now, for him, he's an interesting one. Round one, Brisbane. Yep. Very tough matchup. And for him particularly has... Uh, and I'll actually go into his averages here because it's actually putrid. He's got a very poor average against Brisbane over his career. Uh, his average against Brisbane for his career is actually 63 for his entire career. Um, so doesn't like playing them. He is versing them in Adelaide in round one. Yep. If I go back to last year, I think he dropped like a 40 against them. Um, can, I, can I convince myself? Because it, it looks like he does have a couple of soft matchups coming that. up after that. Yeah. So can I convince myself on the on the narrative that he is just going to be so ready to go. He's going to be so pumped up. Round one in Adelaide. Yep. He's not, surely he's not going to drop a 60 on us. Surely. I mean, <laughs> last... I'm convinced myself. <laughs> yeah. Last year, round one matchup against Lions 2, 42. Uh, <laughs> Where was it? It was at the Gabba. It was oh, at the Gabba. Okay, I'm selling myself. Like, no, um, let me get back Next on week, it. though, 98, 95. Um, okay. the, so he bounced back. And, and, yep. and so I guess that, to me... It's, it's a concern, but it's also just something I want to highlight. If you are going with a Scott Lysette and he does come out and he plays a poor game in round one, maybe it's not one that you panic on yes. and, and jump ship. I'd be willing to give him two two games or three games to sort of really see it out because we know that he does historically struggle against the Lions. So 42 last year in 2021 um, against the Lions. 49 um, was also oh, the game he played no, against reading. them. Stop reading. It was also at the Gabba. Um, so last two <laughs> matchups have been at the Gabba. So hopefully maybe the home ground advantage uh, helps him out there. But like you said... He's going to be so pumped up. Like you said, after that, Collingwood, um, one of the easiest teams to score against for Ruckerman. Yep. Adelaide, um, you would think that they're actually hard to score against with Big Rob there, but they do leak points. Uh, Rob spends com- most of his time on the ground. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like physically on the ground. On the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Talog factor. Shout out to the Hat Chat boys. Um, and then Sydney is easy. Bulldogs, in terms of like Tap Ruckman, do score a lot of points against the Tim English. Um, and I look like I've, I've put Port Adelaide there, but that can't be right because he is Port Adelaide. God, he'll, uh, do, he'll do well if he plays Port Adelaide in round uh, six. So let me double check that one. In round six, he versus uh, West, uh, West Coast. Again, uh, another easy team to score. So after that first round matchup, he does have a run of five games before he comes up against a St. Kilda in round seven where he does score pretty well. But like we said before, that round seven matchup, if you can go from... A Lysette versus a, Ra- a, Ma- a Rowan Marshall to an English versus a Hawthorne team. 
That could be your big That's swinging why. points. Uh, and by then, hopefully, one's gone up in cash, the other's come down in cash, yep. and it might not be that big of a jump. So I think for me, looking into the fixture analysis for some of those key guys, it has strengthened my case for a Scott set yeah. and particularly weakened the case for a Darcy Cameron and a yeah. Tim English, um, yeah. just with those those fixtures there. So well, what, what are your thoughts with all those? Yeah, things? no, looking at um, all of the stats that you've you've dug up today, Mitch, I think it's it's um, it's not something that I think should... It's not designed to, like, scare you, but I think it's just information is power in these yeah. kind of situations, isn't it? So, um, it, you know, in terms of taggers, in terms of Ruckman, um, I think that, you know, the more information you have about their fixture, it can just kind of guide you. And, and like you said, it can actually just affirm your thinking already, which is, is always a good feeling too. Um, yeah. So there's definitely some strategy to it in terms of looking at those tags and those Ruck matchups. So um, it'll be something that I'll be doing a bit more of in the coming weeks as well. Yeah, and I think in terms of, like, the rest of the other players, like you def- Defenders and midfielders and all that sort of type. Like, I, like I said, I don't use too much of this information for those players in the preseason. But when the season starts to get going and we're in those upgrades round five, round six, then you do start to look at. And by then, you'll also have more information about the current season and and yeah. who teams are bidding up against and who is tagging uh, potentially that we didn't think about uh, in the preseason. So, um, don't want to spend too much time talking about those other positions when I think it's probably more of a uh, It'll probably lead you astray more than will actually help you, yeah, in, you in, can, my, in my thoughts. You definitely can get a bit of like choice paralysis yeah, with these things. Yeah. Especially when we don't have, um, you know, well, we haven't had games to watch. You just have so much time to think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. so I think that's where we'll leave it there with the fixture analysis. Yep. Um, let us know down in the comments, guys, uh, your thoughts. Is there anyone that you're particularly concerned or uh, confident with their fixtures in, in any positions? Let us know if you have any questions down below. Again, Make sure you guys are subscribed. We are trying to get that 1K. Uh, give this video a big thumbs up over on YouTube. Uh, if you guys also could give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that would be much appreciated. And until next time, we will catch you guys to talk the last round of practice matches. Let's go. I'll see you later. <laughs>
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.